All right. Back in action. Today we have Alyssa Hawley. Alyssa is an OCR pro athlete. She has a gym of her own and she's also an online coach. So she is very knowledgeable across the board when it comes to endurance and strength training. So lots of goods in the episode today. We start off in the rapport round. We talk for about 10 minutes, talk about music genres. We talk about habits and we talk about some skills that we think everybody should have. And as well, we also talk about some CrossFit benchmark workouts. So if you want to hear that, it's for about the first 10 minutes, but then we kind of really get into the goods. Uh, We talk about injury prevention and the best ways to help activate your glutes and really how to learn and know what you're, if what you're doing is actually working. We talk about some mental mindset and how to take from what you've learned in a team sport and parlay that into an advantage in your endurance training. We also talk about some short course stuff, some long course stuff. We go a lot of different avenues here, but Alyssa is very experienced, has a ton of knowledge to share. So we couldn't help ourselves and we just went all over. So really enjoyed the conversation. Super cool. Again, super smart. Had a great time chatting with her. So I think you will enjoy listening. Cool. All right. Alyssa Holly. Okay. Alyssa Holly is here. Alyssa, how are you today? Doing great. How are you? Doing super well. Thank you for joining me. I'm really excited to talk to you, talk about some of the coaching you got going on and some of the things you got going on with your gym I want to dive into and kind of ask how things are going on Mm -hmm. um, because it's really kind of bizarre right now. But first, (laughs) I have some random questions. It's the rapport round, what we call it. You ready? Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. What's your favorite genre of music? Um... God, genres, genres are hard nowadays because they all the things. I feel like before they were like really set in stone, and now they've mixed so much. Um, God, I would say I really like um, like I don't even know what you call it, like of monsters and men kind of bands, Mumford mm-hmm. and Sons. Um, so like that's one, and then I do I like rap a lot too, like to like work out too and stuff. So they're kind of opposites, but you know I have, I have like this is two different modes. <laughs> There's different energy that are associated yeah. with both of them. Actually, a real like I don't know maybe indie. Does that does it kind indie, of count yeah. as indie? Kind of like, like they say like folk, but when I I mean folks, yeah, a bit so kind of like a folk indie kind of style. Yes, definitely. And you're you're right about the genres. They just kind of like tag on extra names and be like folk indie pop is like yes <laughs> different thing and re- recently there's this uh, local radio station here in philadelphia that they do a free show every year and it's uh but it's a mystery show and they'll give you 12 different bands and like this this radio station they are kind of like the indie pop alt type of station yeah and this past year they you know they give you 12 bands like what's going to be one of these bands that you're going to go that you see you get the free ticket and you just kind of roll the dice so Love like if you, like some of them like you'll be able to go um and just like hopefully it'll be okay and this year and you don't know until literally the band walks on stage nice. um and this year it was of monsters and men Oh, sweet. I love it. Was, it. it was awesome. It was like, Very cool. it was really good. And they brought it too for like a free yeah. show. So I was, I wow. was a fan before, but now I was like really yeah. into it. Awesome. Um, like those big Icelandic drums they have. Like, it's a, like, yeah. Really cool. <laughs> um, sweet. Awesome. So you're uh, softball in your background, right? Uh-huh. What's the hardest position to play in softball? Ooh. Um, I would probably have to say a pitcher because they, I mean, you know, me and my experience, like they would always have to come early to practice. They would stay later, have their own like session. So they were practicing a lot. I feel like more, um, and there's so much more pressure on them too. the game. 
relies a lot on them. And so I would say that is probably one of the hardest. And then second, I would say it's probably shortstop. They have to know so many things of what to do and, you know, have to be involved in a lot of things. So that's, yeah. And that's typically how you'll see it, right? Like the shortstop will, or like the center fielder will kind of be like the best athletes on like yeah. the diamond sports, yeah. um, just cover the most ground. And mm-hmm. the, the, the pitching in softball is interesting to me. And it almost feels like that softball has it right. And baseball has it backwards just because mm-hmm. the motion is just more natural. Yes. Like you can just pitch and pitch and pitch in softball, right? Like, yeah. And it, you're actually, and like in baseball, you have to take days off or you will completely ruin your arm when you can't even like throw a whole game <laughs> you know what i mean right. so <laughs> yeah I, yeah i, I, yeah, I feel like it should be pitched how softball kind of yeah yeah agreed <laughs> um do you ever get to play anymore you know i would like to it's just finding the time i mean you know i would love to be in like a league and stuff but it's really hard for me to commit to i mean this year probably would have been better just because there was no races but um you know around my training schedule and work and stuff so it, it will eventually um but yeah, right now it's just like throwing the ball for my dog. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so what is your favorite CrossFit benchmark workout? Do you have one? Ooh, uh, I haven't done a ton of them. I used to do them a lot. Um, the, the girl workouts. Yeah. So the hero wads. I really, oh, there's one called, um, God, is it called Fight Club or something like that? Fight Gone Bad? Fight Gone Bad. I love that one. Cause I think Where it's, it's like the five stations. I think it's all, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like one minute. I think. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, yeah, that's probably my favorite. I think it's five. It's five stations, and then you get a minute rest. And I think yep. it's like it can be in any order. It's like yep. box jumps, push press, sumo deadlift, mm-hmm. wall balls in a row, something like that. Yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head. But even if I like want to like, if I'm like doing a workout with somebody, or like I just have like a go to, and I want to throw that in, like that is. I love that one. Yeah, me too. Yeah, mm-hmm. we uh, I did a a podcast a little bit ago about some like gym workouts that would be good for like endurance training. Mm-hmm. And then after I finished, I didn't bring up Fight Gone Bad, and a friend of mine reached out was like Fight Gone Bad's like the best one. Yeah, so talked about that. For that one sure, is yeah. so insane. <laughs> yeah, um, cool. So, what is an unusual habit or tendency that you have that you really uh, like about yourself? Ooh, that I like about myself. Um, I would. I don't know. I'm pretty like. I would say like getting up early. Like I really like getting mm. up early and um, like even on the weekends, I try to like get up early and go do stuff like before my day. And I know that's really hard for a lot of people, but it's just kind of in me to just get up early and start my day. And I love the mornings. Um, you know, not every day is amazing. I don't always love waking up at four thirty, but um, I think it's a really, really good habit to have for sure. Um, oh, sorry. it's that, it's that early. Well, yeah. Like I, cause I, I coach at like five in the morning and so three days a week right now. It used to be five days a week. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty much always up around either four 30 or five 30. So there is something really nice about getting up early on the weekend. It just makes you feel like there's so much time. Yeah. Agreed. Endless amounts of time. Is that something yeah. that you've had to work on or, or are you just naturally a morning person? I would say I've pretty much always been that way. Like I remember even in college, like my roommates and stuff, we'd have to like go to softball practice and then be hitting snooze and stuff. And I would just be like right out of bed, ready to go, like try to be early to things. Um, you know, so I think that's just kind of how it's always been, I guess. Nice. That's probably better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel the same way. I'd much rather be up in the morning than like a night owl. So are you getting to bed really yeah. early? Yeah, you, definitely. <laughs> like, like nine or eight. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> 
and that's that's just that that trainer life right like when you're up and coaching or at the gym it's just mm-hmm. it's what it's what time people have to work out so yep. you kind of have to be there well at least exactly. at least it comes natural to you yeah um cool and so what's one skill that you think everyone should have mm, like workout wise or just in totally in general in life whatever could be workout um, ones. i don't know i think it's like this is really broad but like kind of learning how to like fix things on your own, I guess. Um, mm. Like I'm not good at a car. Like I wish I was better at like fixing my own car, but like anything around the house and stuff, like I, I can do like a lot of that on my own and it's come in handy a lot. Like, you know, like COVID we didn't read it our tile. We're going to redo our floors and stuff. So like that kind of skill I think is, I don't know. I think it's gotten kind of lost um, being able to kind of do those things on your own. Um, so yeah, I would say, I would say something like that. Just being able to kind of like, yeah, be able to like fix things, I guess. <laughs> no, I mean, that's something that I don't, that I don't have. And I mm-hmm. wish I did because one, yeah, it just makes you much more self-reliant and yeah. it can save you a lot of money. Exactly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so um, didn't, wasn't your, uh, the family business like contracting growing up? Well, mm-hmm. yeah, my dad, my dad's been working construction since he was like 15. He's literally been doing all his life. So I've worked with him, you know, all growing up. Like I helped him build, um, a house, or our house that he lives in now. I don't live in anymore, but, um, so we helped work on that. We would do, I don't know. I'd go to the job sites with him in the summer sometimes. And then I started, when I moved back home in 2015, I, um, I didn't have a job or anything. I just moved back home from New York. And so I just started working with him cause that's, you know, I, I'd, I'd known how to do that and he needed help. And so I've pretty much been doing that ever since. So yeah, I would, and it's just him and me. It's not like he has like this huge construction company where he has all these guys. It's basically just him and me. And he has like, a couple other guys and he'll sub stuff out. So we're pretty much just working and doing stuff together like that. So kind of a family business, but is it specialized in any way or is it just kind of general, general contracting work? I would say, yeah, general, like he can literally do anything. And if he doesn't know how to do it, um, he'll be like, Oh yeah, I can do that. And he will just figure it out, you know? So uh, we've done like administration buildings and, you know, more commercial stuff, but um, definitely a lot of like remodels and um, just, you know, um, working with just client, clients one-on-one. So and that was something okay so you you did that helped them out after you got out of school and came back home yeah. mm-hmm. and one thing i found from from helping from coaching some athletes who you know work more labor intensive jobs is that their grip strength is awesome we never yeah. have to do grip work yeah it's Dude, like it's it's insane like that is why i think i was so good like in the beginning of my career just like all of a sudden because i was constantly just like carrying stuff all the time you know doing heavy work and you know, that was a lot of my training was just work. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's huge and totally underestimated. <laughs> and that was kind of your MO, right? Like in the beginning, yeah. like as you were coming into like your fittest as an endurance athlete, mm-hmm. like you would just never missed obstacles and everybody else yeah. missing obstacles in the beginning. Exactly. Right. So like, you yeah. like, would catch up and just roll <laughs> past them. Yeah. Uh, that's my, secret, re- my secret was my work. <laughs> exactly. So it's like, if you want better grip strength, just go out get a job where you turn in a wrench and then yeah. you'll, yep. you'll, you'll sure it up right away. Um, well, cool. So that's the report round made it through. So, um, just for the people listening who might not be familiar with it, with you, just tell us a little bit more about who you are as a coach, as an athlete and kind of what you got yeah. going on. Um, I'm a pro Spartan racer. I've been on the team since, uh, 2016 and, um, yeah, I own me and my dad co-own, uh, anytime fitness here in Spokane, 
Uh, we've had that open for about exactly two years now. So nice. um, I do personal training, group training there. Um, I'm online coaching for, you know, other athletes. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so, and now I'm like, I'm more of a hybrid, like I'm working construction with my dad some days and then I'm coaching and stuff the other days. So, so yeah. Nice. Very just entrepreneurial spirit. It's just like, yeah. it's all you. Yeah. 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 I, yeah I, I like that for sure. Um, and oh, what was I going to say about that working? Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, pretty much. Cool. Yeah. So how's it been going at the gym? I've, I've had some gym owners on um, recently and talked to some in the beginning of COVID and when it was just like, mm-hmm. we're scrambling, trying to just do group, group fitness classes. And now mm-hmm. um, I've talked to a couple people since, but it's, it's different in every state. So how are things going for, for you guys over at any time? Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely different in every state. Um, I was like so naive when this all started and everyone's like, oh, you're going to have to shut down and stuff. I was like, oh, no, we'll be fine. Or like, and then we shut down and I was like, oh, this won't last very long. And then, you know, we just opened up July 22nd, I think, something like that. Oh, wow. so, yeah, it was a while. Um, and I I mean, we were really hesitant because, you know, our rules here in Washington were just like constantly changing. Like we were supposed to be going in this trajectory and then those phases kind of changed along the way. And um, so we've been, we were communicating with other anytime fitnesses in Washington, kind of seeing what they were doing um, to open up. And um, we heard one in Yakima got fined like 10 grand because they were not following the rules. So we're like, Oh my gosh, like we do not want that to be us. (laughs) And uh, so, so we kind of just, we, we planned it out for quite a while and how we were going to open up. And, um, so I was kind of expecting it to be like total chaos on the first day. And it was like, it was really slow. It was chill. Like people were super happy to be back. And, um, so it's been good. I mean, slowly the words kind of gotten out and we've, we've gotten a little bit busier, but, um, you know, nothing, nothing too crazy by any means. Like I think our, we kind of implemented zoning, like in our state, um, it was like, I think it's like 25% capacity or something. My dad did all the numbers. So I'm just kind of like enforcing it. Um, anyway, so like, and they're supposed to have like 17 feet of distance. So, you know, we, we zoned it out. So like per square footage, these many people could fit in this zone at 17 feet apart kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we had to shut off showers and things. And, but I mean, for the most part, it's been fairly like normal, I would say like you have to wear a mask, of course, like when you're coming in or out or not working out, um, you don't have to wear it while you're working out. So um so it's been like kind of, yeah, kind of fairly normal. I mean, it's just like people are so happy to be back. I'm, I'm happy to see, you know, um, all the regulars and things. Um, actually, I've been having signups, which is cool. And nice. then um, so like two weeks after we opened, we decided to bring back group training and we we made this whole area outside. So we, like we bought this turf, we put it in, we put like a little um, like makeshift fence in, I guess, if you will. So then we can be outside and work out out there um, and just uh, just have a little more space and a little more freedom out there. So that's been really nice. So it's been been good. And I've been thinking about ways in which this would be a positive in terms mm-hmm. of how things are going to change in the fitness world or just business in general. And I was thinking there might be businesses that open that are just covid specialized that like they're just built this way to mm-hmm. do spacing yeah. like what do you think would be a positive that's going to come from this from for you guys in terms of like your business well i think for us it's been uh like we realize that some people don't want to come to the gym so mm-hmm. right now we're implementing like virtual training which is something we really never really had before so um basically it would just be like like personal training like i'd get on zoom with you and we do a workout um and then having like a 
also a, like a group thing where you do like a, a group, like I film it live and then you do the workout and things like that. So that's a whole new avenue for us. So I think, you know, even if things were normal, that would be a really cool tool to have. Um, so I think that's, that, yeah, that's been really good for us to just reach more people and um, people who maybe aren't even comfortable going to the gym yet. Like even, even if there was no COVID, that's what I mean. Like, you know, they're still not comfortable going to the gym. Like we can reach those people. So it's kind of been cool to just be able to help us expand more. Totally. And that seems to be the general idea is that you can, because that's the the problem with the fitness industries you generally are trading dollars for hours, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're getting up and you're, you're doing classes at five in the morning and you can only do mm-hmm. so many of those before yeah. your, your energy or just the time in the day has run out. So mm-hmm. you can definitely expand the, your business in that way, which will be cool and will be fun and just ways to reach more people. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so how, so being in that professional OCR circuit, the Spartan racing did like, financially has it been a hit for you or it seems like you have your hands in a lot of different areas so like Mm -hmm. have you felt it in terms of your um your finances not being able to train in a race this year or has it or have you just been able to kind of fill it fill in well i mean i from the beginning i i wanted to work because i you know like i could not do well in races like i just didn't want to rely on just having to go out and race because i needed you know, to pay my bills kind of thing. Um, and I really like working. Like, I don't know what I'd be doing if I was a full-time athlete, you know, mm. sounds great and things. And for a while there, I was like, yeah, I want to, I want to do that. And I want to just be a full-time athlete. But, um, you know, I, I think I do really well with that schedule and my work's always kind of been like, like we talked about kind of that training. Um, so like financially, no, because like I still got to, to work and, um, um, I was able to get unemployment for a while too. And so, and then, you know, the gym opened back up. So, you know, been rolling there again. And then, um, so yeah, it really hasn't been that bad. Like I'm very thankful that I've had all of that. And kind of like I talked about before, like I never wanted racing to kind of be like, like that one thing where, you know, I needed the money for it. Like I always wanted to have something like, like, let's say I just got injured and I could never race again. Like I wanted to have something that was bigger than just me racing, which is the gym. Mm -hmm. I can help other people. I can train other people. Like that was kind of always my goal to, um, you know, be able to have more of like a, 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 a long-standing career, I guess. Um, and racing's just been been fun, and it's just kind of been like extra money, I guess, in a way. Yeah, more or less, it's like the platform in which you can kind of spread yeah. your message. Yeah, that too, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, but we were talking before we got on, and, and the thing that Hunter McIntyre has going on with that OCR stars, mm-hmm. right? It's kind of a way to help supplement the income that people might be missing. Did you, yeah. you you caught up on that, right? So he's like offering some some money for people on this, right? Yeah, I, uh, it was blowing up on my, all my social media on Friday and I was like, what the heck is this? So I listened to that, um, the podcast that he was on, on the running public and, uh, love, love, love what he's doing. You know, we've seen a lot, like Spartan's been doing a bunch of like virtual stuff, but you know, no prize money, of course. And it's all just kind of like on your own kind of thing. Irox did one, um, that was virtual and they got, I think they gave out some prize money there, which was kind of cool. But, um, I think with Hunter, like his big thing is like, um, what he was talking about was like, he's gotten so much from racing and so many people have helped him out that he wants to give back to the community and he wants to give people something to actually race for. And, um, you know, like, like, like you said, like get money back in their pockets. Like so many people are not able to make money from racing. And I feel for all those pro athletes who, you know, like they rely on that, you know, that's really tough. And so him giving them that opportunity, um, to go out and get some money is, is super cool. So I'm, I'm really stoked about it. And then it's actually a qualifier for the, yes. 
the OCR World Championships, which is yeah. really cool because I mean that's a big goal race for a lot of people, and people yeah. really enjoy doing that. And um, and like it's a goal just to even qualify. So it's really cool that he's like put, putting that on and is making that happen. Yeah, and I think he said that was the only qualify that, that there has ever been. I'm pretty sure, and you know, it, it makes it even more about the prize money too. It makes it like another goal to like reach for after that, which I think is awesome. And like. I, it seemed like things were still in the works in terms of like what it is actually going to look like. But the mm-hmm. gist of it was, is what, like one workout every week for four weeks, like starting in yeah. November. Yeah. Um, I don't remember the exact dates um, that it starts, but yeah. So it, it's two running workouts and then two strength workouts. And he wanted to make it really specific to like, so when you do these workouts, um, there are things that would actually be pretty much pretty much um race whatever you call it like um it would complement like you actually doing the race kind of thing um mm-hmm. so you could tell like who the best ocr athlete was based on strength and, and running so um and then for like the strength stuff if i recall correctly you have to have a pull-up bar a 24 inch box uh women is 235 pound dumbbells men is 250 pound dumbbells so mm-hmm. um so you know i i mean me and my dad were talking about this yesterday and um, I, I, I was kind of saying like, you know, he was like, well, not everyone might not have access to that equipment. I was like, yeah, but like, if you're like, if you're really, you know, serious about working out about racing and things like that, like typically you either have some of those things or you have a gym that can, or that has those things. So what we're, what we're talking about is like those people who don't have the gym or don't have those things. Like we want to invite people to come to our gym and do the workouts film it for them. So they don't have to mess with that kind of thing. Um, and just kind of have that opportunity and use, you know, just be able to help people out. So who, who really want to do it. Um, and, and, uh, so they can come and do that at our gym. So I'm pretty, pretty stoked about it. And it's another way just to facilitate the community within, yeah. within OCR. And that yep. is like the best part about CrossFit. I love the open. I think it yes. is so much fun. I know me too. I'm obsessed. <laughs> it's just, the, this, I think this past year is the first year I, well, because they had two in a row. One was in like the weird one in October. And then and they like, had one in the spring, I think. Or no. They had like a February. Last spring. Yeah. Like they had nope. two weird ones back to back. They did. They were but kind of back to back. You're right. Because they changed like their whole system. Yeah. But- so they had the, they usually have it like February through March. And then they have the games in like June or July. And then yeah. they had the open again in October. Yeah. I think yeah. those were the first two opens that I just didn't do i was yeah. like it's yeah, the only reason i would do this is because it was fun but this is like uh an ocr open essentially just Dude, you're it. yeah you're so right i never thought about it that way and i yeah like you said like i love the open too and this would be hopefully um something we could do kind of like that for sure like and just bring the community together and and um have a good time so yeah yeah it'd be great and just like everybody hangs out and the, it, yeah. what i like about it too is that the workouts they're 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 really challenging for some people, but it gives them a reason to to do something harder than what they would normally do and kind of get in over their head. And mm-hmm. so that they can just do it and like suffer through it and then finish and just come out the other side and be like, well, I'm still alive. So that was great. So yeah. I, can, I, can, I can try this later on in, in my training. Um, uh, what kind of workouts are you hoping to see in this OCR stars? Like what do you, for, for you in particular, like what would you be oh, like? Man. Um, running wise, I have no idea. Cause I don't know where I'm at with anything right now. So throw something at me like and say I'll- like uh even like in your in your fitness like if you were if like in november you'd be like at like like as fit as you've been running like what would you like think would be in your wheelhouse to save to fill those two mm-hmm. different running events two different running events 
I don't know. I would say like thousands, um, and then maybe something like longer distance, um, something like that. Uh, and I know he said that it wouldn't be anything over a half marathon, so I don't know. It won't be like crazy, stupid long. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. I would, I'd, I'd hope for some sort of distance for sure. Um, and I think that's kind of my, like, I think up to half marathon, like 10 Ks are my favorite. So something like that I think would be awesome. Um, and then as far as strength goes, I don't, I mean, I'd love that he has the 235 pounds because I think that's pretty, depending on what you're doing, that's, that's fairly heavy for like, you know, a female. Um, I mean, you know, not like CrossFitters, of course, but um, right. for a, a female you know, OCR, for athlete, an, like, for an OCR athlete, yes, exactly. If you're doing okay. a with that, like that's brutal. So, and um, so I don't know with those, um, I really, I, I like, uh, like, like 21, 15, nine workouts, something like that. Um, I'm sure there'll be some carries in there and stuff too. So hopefully, um, I'd like to see some carries for sure. Um, I'm sure there will be. So, um, yeah, something, something a little bit of a longer wad, I think would really suit me well. Um, as opposed to like something short, because I don't know, I was thinking about this this morning, actually, like, I think depending on what the wad is, like, I think I could maybe hang on with the runners and I think they would have, or sorry, I think they'd have more of a gap on me in the running that I could maybe have on the strength on them, depending on what the strength workout is. So if it's really in my wheelhouse, I think I could crush that and maybe hang on in the running. So we'll see. Close that gap a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. There's just logistically, it's going to be hard. Cause like, even like a carry, like you mentioned, like needing to stay within the frame of the pitcher and have the clock and yeah. the at the same time. It's just going to be hard. I would like, I, I I can't, I don't even, I don't know how they would do that. And if you did, did like a carry during the run, like if it was like 800 meter run, 800 meter carry, it's still you have to standardize the sandbag. And mm. like, it would just be hard to like. That's why I think he's doing it like strictly running and strictly strength. And yeah. I'm imagining the carries would be like, like maybe 10 meters apart and you'd walk back and forth for like 50 meters. I have no idea. Like, oh, I, I, like an, oh. it, but I could see something like that to where you're just doing like, pull-ups, let's say box jumps, carry 10 meters. So where you could kind of be in the frame. I don't, I, cause he wants to make it as simple as possible. And like he was saying, you know, he's done so many open workouts and, um, you know, having to film and stuff. And, and so he has like a lot of knowledge on how to, I think, make it, um, make it pretty simple for people. So. Yeah. One time they had an open workout where it was, it was overhead walking lunges, right. But with a yeah, bar- I remember that one. Bar- oh, but that was with a barbell. One of them was with a dumbbell, I remember, and you had to do like overhead walking lunges and step ups and something else. Uh, anyways, because that would be hard if it was yeah. that way. An overhead walking lunge yes. would really be separate the field. Hard. Like, I mean, yeah. I would hope for something like that, but <laughs> I think that that would be fair, and that would be a way yeah. to work in actual like heavy kind of carries and like st- yeah. stability and and like mm-hmm. giving it to the strength athletes because like it, it it might have to be something overhead with that or yeah like I said thrusters or maybe like like burpee snatches or something with that heavy weight. Yeah. I don't know. We're just speculating. We're just speculating. We're to- totally. Yeah. And I think it'll be pretty grip intensive too, especially like, cause he was talking about, you know, how that's pretty much what it is. Like when you're on the obstacles, it's a lot of, yeah. grip. so I could see a lot of like dumbbell to pull up or grip kind of transitions and things. Right. Like if it was just like a farmer's carry or something like that. Yeah. And yeah. Into, into like a pull up situation. Yeah. Um, and what I like, because, you know, he has that cross it background. So he'll be okay with kipping pull ups where some people are like, no kipping pull ups. But yeah. yeah. Kipping pull ups. That'd be great. No, yeah. Right. <laughs> did uh, did you do the High Rocks um, online thing at all? I was team- going to, but like, I really, really wanted to. I actually signed up for it because I was like, oh, maybe I could do it. Um, but like my running is just not there yet. Like I just was really, 
like I'm coming off of like my other TFL, the one that wasn't her last year, my right one now. Um, and so I've been really battling through that over the last couple months since COVID started. So I was like, yeah, I could probably go out and do it, but I just, I don't know. I was just didn't want to set myself back anymore. And I didn't want anything to just happen and pop up and just send me back again, basically. So. Yeah, that's probably a smart move. Um, with a lot of these online ones, they just kind of pop up out of nowhere, and then yeah. it's just like really pushing yourself where yeah. you might not need to. Yeah. So you had two TFL entries, and where is the TFL yeah. again? Like, where? What does that feel like? So if you're like, there's kind of two ways to describe it. So if you're feeling like your iliac crest on your hip, um, like it's right below there, um, kind of on the outer side of your hip. So think about like if you're wearing jeans. And the pocket of the jeans out up front, like that's basically where the TFL is. Um, it follows like from, so your IP band connects to your, from your knee goes all the way up, connects into the TFL and throughout your hip and things like that. So um, it's a lot of like IT band, glute medius, TFL kind of mixture going on. The hips are crazy. The hips, I always say hips are life because they are like, there's a lot going on up there. <laughs> I know. Right. And it's so general. It's like, Oh, it's my hip flexor. It's like, well, there's like, Oh yeah, I know there's so many like, things that like yeah. go in and out of there. It's like, which part it's just exactly. like, I don't know. It all kind of hurts. How yeah. You, it is how, part. Yeah. Good. How do you think that like, what happened? Like, was it just overuse or. Um, that's a great question. Um, the first time last Memorial day, I was just doing a trail run and like I was coming down the trail and, um, all of a sudden it just felt like, you know, that feeling of like, just kind of like a torn muscle kind of feeling. That's, that's basically what it was. It was really sharp, um, acute kind of pain. Um, I think it was an overuse thing. Um, and for that one, it was mainly my glutes. Like I, you know, I, the year before I was putting in crazy amounts of miles and, you know, doing tons of work and not a lot of recovery. And I think I kind of like just stopped using my glutes. So like what happens you know, is like the TFL kind of starts to take over and like stability wise when your glute medius and your glutes should do the work. So anyway, so I worked on my glutes for a long time last year, finally found them, turned them on and they've been working ever since. And so this one is a little trickier. I think, um, I think this one has to do more with like running stability. Um, so I think I just kind of got back into running too quickly. Like I started doing high rocks. I was doing like, you know, a lot more faster stuff in the beginning. And, um, like if you're watching video of my knee, my right knee will kind of like cave in a little bit when I run, which is really hard in the TFL. Like it's trying to stabilize your leg and it's not really supposed to, um, it should be like your glute medius and, and stuff like that. So I'm, and I think it's like a lot of ankle stuff too. Anyways, so there could be a lot of things going on, but, um, but yeah, so that's, that's basically it. And it's just been, the, it's just the most annoying little muscle. Like I can't even, like most people don't even know what it is, you know, like yeah. and I didn't really know until like I... I realized I was like, Oh, that's my TFL. Like I, I knew what that was, you know, but I didn't even realize it. So it's just, it's just dumb. It's a lot of just like mechanics for me running and stability basically is kind of what's going on. Is that so. kind of what you've been uh, like in terms of like activating the glutes? Like what kind of things have you been doing? Is it just a lot of like high reps or are you kind of working more on like the circular motion, like doing more like hydrant stuff or what does that look yeah. like in terms of turning them on? Yeah. Um, it, it took just a lot of like over time, like it didn't just happen in a day. It was me just trying to like, it, it's a lot of mind body connection because for whatever reason, like it's just your, your body takes the path of least resistance. And a lot of times, you know, the glutes just get turned off like from sitting or, you know, just movement compensations, things like that. And so like what I was doing is like a lot of glute bridges, donkey kicks, fire hydrant kind of stuff just over and over. And, um, a lot of like band walks, like lateral walks and things like that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of like, 
um, I guess like for squatting and things and like deadlifting, those kinds of things, it would just be really like lightweight and just focusing really hard on like, you know, trying to get, to get them to work. And it was like just a nightmare. Like I'm not even like, if I could give like any piece of advice to like a new runner, it's just like do your like strength work, work on your glutes and things and do your stability because like, I mean, yeah, it just took forever and ever to like finally get that to start working again. That's what's so hard about when you go into that, that rehab or like that PT type work yeah. where you need to strengthen this. It yeah. just doesn't feel better. <laughs> like it just no. never is feeling better. It is so unsatisfying. Like I have to do these things and I do them because I, I have to, but like there were so many times when I could not get my glutes to work. I would just feel it in my hamstrings, for example, or something mm-hmm. a low back. And I would just be like in tears at the gym because I'm so frustrated and I don't want to do these stupid little workouts anyways and it's not working and like so like over time it finally did but man it was it was rough I was I was in a dark place <laughs> and I found that same way especially I'm sure this happens for you like the, the people that you're you're working with is that like you know you do banded side steps but you start to feel it like more like in like you're outside of your quad and it's like oh mm-hmm. well, it's yeah kind of in that same spot so like there is a difference between doing these little workouts that are effective and just doing them for the sake of doing them. So it's really hard to like know if they're working. And you mentioned that yeah. mind body connection, like how, how would you recommend people doing that when they are doing their banded side steps or their monster walks? Like what helped you like really focus on connecting the two pieces? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I think, well, for one, you like have to be in like focus. Like you can't just like, be talking to somebody or have like your music on even like really for me. Um, cause like I'll be training some clients and like, they'll just be talking to me. I'm like, you need to focus and like, you know, like actually think about turning on your glutes or bracing your core or whatever. And so like, for me, it was kind of some cues, I guess of things, um, you know, making like just really little tiny details. Um, and a lot of like research on what those things were that I needed to be doing. Cause like, it could be different if you're like, for example, like if you're doing a glute kickback, right? Like you have to be really conscious that you're not like, like, um, opening up your hip. You need Mm -hmm. to like keep your femur almost internally rotated and then kick it back. Um, so, you know, just little things like that to make sure that you're doing them right. Like matter, they really matter. Cause you could be doing glute kickbacks all day and you're not getting the muscles that you need to be doing if you're, you know, kind of doing them incorrectly. So, um, just a lot of like focus and paying attention. And, um, it was really just like, I don't know. I like for glutes, especially it was just like, somebody told me like squeeze a quarter between your butt cheeks. So that's what I always thought about. And like one day it worked, you know, like, so I don't know. And like, and yeah, and like your pelvis has something to do with it too. Like if you're like doing a glute bridge and your pelvis is really anteriorly rotated, right? Like you're going to feel it in your back or like the way you put your feet on the floor, Um, you could be working more of your hamstrings versus quads or whatever. So there's just a lot of little things that go into it um, that I really had to just pay attention to. And so it's really valuable because you see these, the like paying attention to these, these cues and those things you just mentioned is huge because you see Mm -hmm. every time everybody's Googling like, uh, it band syndrome. Yes. Like, like, <laughs> I'll just get the same articles on like runner's world and show the same exercises. And yeah. like, they, you'll just start doing them without knowing really how yeah. they're supposed to feel. Or like, if you do like a deadlift or a squat, like you feel it, <laughs> like you're just going to feel it. So I think yeah. but with these workouts where they need to be like really kind of like yeah. slower and detail oriented, I think that that's a really good, um, a good tip to like, let people know, like just cause yeah. you're going through the motion doesn't mean that you're like, really kind of nailing it um so 
So you moved into like that high rocks field. And do you think that you just weren't prepared for it? Like in terms of like the volume you needed or. Well, I think like, like I was really super fit. I was working with um, uh, Dennis Welch from the endurance project. And so after I hurt my TFL, like I was still doing like a ton of um, just like strength work in wads, essentially like, like longer endurance wads. So I'd be like on the assault bike for 40 calories, then go do some, dead balls over the shoulder and then whatever devil's press, something like that, like over and over for like 60 minutes. Right. So it was like, I was doing a ton of like that kind of volume and that kept me super incredibly fit. Um, and then on Thanksgiving that year, I, uh, I, I ran on the treadmill. I was like, I'm just going to try this out, see how it goes. And it didn't hurt. So I was like, sweet. So then he started implementing um, the same wads essentially that I was doing and put some running in there and it felt really good and things. Um, but I think, Kind of like, I, I don't know. I think um, I just, I don't know, Go, going that high speed all of a sudden, I think for me, um, I needed to build more into it. Like, I'm not mad about what I did. Like, I went and I, I crushed both hyroxes. Like, I did really well. So I'm not, like, mad about it at all. But I think I didn't really take enough time off after that to, like, actually slow down and go back to base. I was like, let's just go get ready for the, another one, for the next one, I guess. So that's kind of what I was missing, I think. Yeah. And it's just like hard, right? Like if you're in competition and things are going well, and then there's another competition, it's like, yeah. okay, like we're back, we're in this. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so did that, it just kind of popped up then and just kind of slowed you down. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, ride. so like I said, like I was really naive at the beginning of COVID. I was like, I, like, it's not going to last very long. I was planning on doing Dallas at the end of June. And I think, um, I think Montana in May and we shut down on March 17th. So I was like, I'm just going to keep training. Like I'm going to get really fit. I'm feeling really good and still doing like a lot of those same workouts, like high intensity running and stuff. And, um, so I think, I think just my, my form and again, stability and kind of my mechanics were just like, just have had been forgotten about really. And I think I was just having some, some poor movement, movement patterns and things that I, I didn't really realize. Cause you know, like it's, 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 it just kind of like added up over time really, you know? Yeah. Um, so that, that's really all it was. So were you planning on doing like a full season of like the, the national series and like the high rocks? Like we're going to no. try to balance those. What was it? No, I was, so because I'd been injured and not running for so long, I was like, I am just going to focus on short stuff because that was working for me. Um, I was doing a lot of, like I said, Dennis had me doing a lot of, um, you know, running mixed with strength kind of things, um, high intensity. And I was like, this fits perfect for a stadium. Like I had been loving the workouts and I hadn't done a stadium since like 2015. I still haven't. And so I was like, I'll transition to stadium races. Um, and then it's just more, uh, more, uh, complimentary to high rocks as well. And it's just something I never done before. Like it, it just seemed to fit more in my wheelhouse where I was at. Um, I hadn't done any of those series before. Um, so it was just something different. Like I was, to be honest, I was getting a little sick of the national series. Like it was just kind of like, just seemed kind of like the same stuff over and over. And I just, I needed to change it up. Like I, I need to be changed on my routine and things. So, so how do you think that you would shift? Like if all things were like, well, like if you were, had a good, no COVID obviously. And if the, if you were healthy, how do you think that would have changed like your, the structure of your training? Do you think you would have cut back on the volume of like your total mileage or would you have just like on, like, how do you think that that would change your training going from like short course, going into short course and like deca fit high rock stuff? Well, I mean, like I said, I was kind of already doing a lot of that training. I think it was mostly just like, 
uh, after I was injured, like just adding back in that running component because it was always the, the like running was always subbed out for either rowing or assault bike pretty much. So um, I think if I would have just added that running back in, I mean, I think um, that would have still kind of been my training, I guess. And when you were training in like for the national series stuff, were you just spending more time outside of the gym or, yeah. or was that kind of same? Um, it was mostly like a lot more trail running. So like my, my days were like, um, you know, go to the trail and then most like a couple of times a week I'd go with like a sandbag or a bucket. I'd either do like intervals or, um, like just straight up carry something up the mountain. I don't know. Or, uh, um, maybe more like running specific workouts, like just straight up, you know, 800s or something okay. like that. Um, so yeah, a little, and then like separate strength, strength, strength days. Um, and then maybe like one day a week mix strength and running kind of thing. So yeah, a lot more time than the trails and just actually getting out there with sandbags and buckets and stuff. Yeah. Just that slower grind. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like uh, the high rock stuff is exciting. It was exciting. I was going to kind of go that same route this year. Um, I like the idea of getting like, like pushing to a high point, just like, like hovering at that red line and just like grinding for like yeah. 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, that to me is exciting. We're like the, yeah. the national series is, is fun and cool, but like uh, the mountains sometimes are just like, uh, I'd rather just go yeah. fast. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I was like going to gear up for that as well. Um, so with the high rocks, what's up with the carpet? Um, I think it's because of the sleds and like just how they, they have like, if you're on a good piece of carpet, the sleds will go fine. But if you're like, I don't know what, I don't know how they put them in or implement them. I would think like a roll of turf would be awesome. I don't know how it would change the like weight of the sled because I mean, it might go a little faster. I'm not really sure, but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, I would think that's just the most kind of convenient way to set things up and it works fine. Like for the most part, but like I said, if you get like a ripple in any of the carpets, like you're kind of screwed. <laughs> It's just like what seems to be happening over and over. People yeah. are like, oh, wrong. Like I push this weight, I push double this weight on my yeah. turf gym. And then, and then like the, the, the rope pulling itself, like the pulling it back seems to yeah. really just be a complete equalizer. Um, yeah. You have one of those tank sleds, right? Or whatever they call yeah. them. Yeah. Which is what Decafit was going to use. Yeah. And those seem like it, ju- they just make more sense. Are they, are they easier or? <sighs> yeah. Like I, I'm personally not a huge fan of the tank. Like, we it's it's cool because like i love that you don't have to stack weight on it there's just like a little lever on there that will adjust the tension which is cool um but if you if you're on a certain side of it one side's harder than the other because the tension in the wheels um so that's kind of annoying um but also like let's say the tension's on the back side and you're pushing it you could potentially like push the sled up you can like elevate it because there's no weight to hold it down um Uh that's why yeah and i've stacked like literally every plate we have on there and it doesn't it doesn't really compare to an actual sled like it Mm. won't like i can move it fine and i'm packing like so much weight on there and it's fine but then i go to another gym i go to um and they have an actual sled there with plates and i put high rocks weight on there and i'm like dying so (laughs) so it's it's definitely it's really really different there's definitely some good things about it um especially if you're just going for like you know, sprint work and things like that. But if you're trying to go like super heavy, um, I would say it's not as applicable. Yeah. And in, in terms of just like standardizing things and just, yeah, for that. You know, yeah. And just yeah. not needing to have a carpet yep. like in gym or turf in your gym. Yeah. 
Um, so this is kind of along the lines of, you know, coming out of injury and then kind of shifting gears and what you're, you were training for. I saw you made a post, uh, not too long ago, but like the difference in, in being lean enough to compete at a high level and also like being healthy mm-hmm. and like how it's kind of a balancing act that way. And I do think that a lot of endurance athletes do struggle with that. Um, and so like, wh- what have you learned during that process of just in terms of like body composition and, and health mm-hmm. and how it affects like, just like everything? Yeah, man, that's a loaded question. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's just been kind of experiment over the last, what, five or six years. Um, just kind of trying to figure out what works. I, uh, you know, just tried a lot of different eating styles and, you know, diets, I guess, if you will, um, trying to fuel with different kind of things. Um, some things definitely did not work for me and I learned that and that was fine. Like, I'm glad I tried it. Um, and then, you know, other times, I don't know, I go the opposite way and like that doesn't work either. So, um, it's been mainly kind of like trying to fuel my body to, um, to be able to like work out and like be recovered and things instead of like, trying to maintain a certain physique or weight. And that's, that's been hard, especially for females. Um, because like, I don't know, I remember at one point I was like, Oh my gosh, like I race so well at this weight, I need to get back down to that again. And, you know, I realized like, I didn't really feel good at that weight. Like, I, I think you can go into a race and be fine, but like trying to maintain that throughout the year, which is what I was trying to do was not very healthy. Um, And so like a big thing for me, um, is like, I lost my period for like years and that's like not healthy for a woman. And so I, you know, once I I started doing a lot more strength work, um, and eating more, like eating more was my biggest thing. And like, anytime I tell that even to like, I I don't know, any other like female, they're like, Oh my gosh, like I mean, I'm eating so much already. I'm like, are you really though? Like, I don't know. (laughs) And a big thing that helped for me too, was like, um, wearing a whoop, like, cause my whoop would tell me like, you know, how many calories I burned, how recovered I was. And I, I, I can tell like, like if I didn't eat as much the day before, like my, my recovery is not going to be, and I had a really hard day, like, you know, my recovery is not going to be as great. And it'll tell me like how much calories I burned, which, you know, it's like not an exact number. Um, the loop like, strap seems high too. Like, it does just, seem really high. But yeah. it's, but I, I was talking about this once before, but I think it is almost so that you do eat more. So you recover yeah. better. Like yeah, they just exactly. like jack up the numbers a little bit. And when you eat that much, it can, yeah. you just feel better. Yeah. So like I've definitely started, I, I counted calories for a while. I tracked macros for a while just to kind of like feel that out. Um, and, you know, once I did start eating more towards that range of my whoop, like it, you know, I did, I did feel a lot better. And so now it's more like now, I don't know. Now I'm more like in tune with it, I guess. Um, it's, it's really, really hard to say. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I'm like on, any, like, I'm not super strict about anything by any means. Um, but you know, like I just, I try to eat a lot and, and, you know, based on like how hard I work too, like if it's an off day, I'm not usually not as hungry and I'll just kind of, you know, eat a little differently then. But, um, it's been a lot of more like listening to my body now after like all the different things that I've gone through, I guess. So it's just, like I said before, it's like a lot of just experimentation and a lot of different things. So like, if, like if you're at a weight right now, and you're like really struggling, like just try to eat more. Like what's the worst that's going to happen? You're going to gain a couple of pounds and then maybe you feel better. I don't know. Like, you know, so there's just so many things that go into it. So the trade-off is you need to kind of feel what it, what it is like, especially if you're not, yes. if you are like in that 
constant hole. Um, like I found for me, like the sleep is just the word and then it affects everything. Yeah. Like I sleep poorly just cause I'm, I'm working out too hard and not re- refueling mm-hmm. appropriately. My sleep is just a disaster. And then it's my whole day is a disaster. My mood's terrible. Um, and so that, that is real. I agree with you that eating more, especially for an endurance athlete who was training at really any level, but when they're training for a high level, if they have specific goals and training is important to them and they'll put in the work, like eating more is important. And I have to have this conversation mm. a lot in terms of like, Hey, let's try like, I'm, I'm macro, like macro is just kind of the principle that mm. I apply to. I just find it to be easiest and just, it just gives just some concrete thing about like what to do. Like, let's try this and see how it feels. And then we can kind of adjust. Um, it's not for everybody, but I like it. So, yeah. but when it comes to trying to encourage people to eat more? Like how, how would you approach that conversation? Because like you said, it's hard. <clears throat> I would say for first, um, for first, I don't even know if that's a, <laughs> first that, um, that like to start actually even either, either counting macros or using like uh, my fitness pal or just keeping a journal of what you're actually eating. Um, mm. Because that is most important to actually see what you're eating um, and see like what you're actually taking in before you try to add more. I think that would definitely be the first step um, to see if that's really the issue. Cause maybe it could be sleep. It maybe could just be like you said that, you know, you're not sleeping enough and that's a huge, huge part of recovery. Um, so yeah, I would say that would be first. And then just adding a little bit on top of that, like you don't need to like all of a sudden double your calorie intake, maybe on it's like, adding maybe another snack in throughout the day or having, you know, maybe another little serving at dinner or something like that. That's not going to um, be like a total shock to your body. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a, that's a good recommendation because sometimes like people just because they haven't eaten very much for very long that their appetite is just kind of shot and they just feel like they actually yeah. can't. Did you have that kind of like, yeah, block? I would, uh, so I would go through like the season, right. And then the fall would come around and I'd be like so excited because, and I would just like, I would just get into like this binging state and it was really bad. <laughs> like it was just like, I would just eat everything around and then I'd feel bad about it. But like my, I think it was just my body being so kind of like deprived, I guess, in a way, um, that it was just like wanting that intake. And now that I didn't have any races coming up and I felt like I had more, reins to like do that you know i would but still it was just like in the back of my mind i'm like oh what are you doing like you gotta like you know cut off of it or whatever so um so yeah there was that kind of whole shock to my system where i would be like i don't know i feel like i'd fluctuate quite a lot like going into the winter and then try to get back but now it's more even keeled i guess yeah i kind of go through those stages as well and it kind of sucks like because yeah because <laughs> when you need to cut like it's not fun no <laughs> much better to just kind of stay even and when it comes time to like crank up the intensity you just yeah naturally kind of fall in in, in place um but i do yeah. have the recommendation of just like just learn how much you're actually eating because you might be surprised yeah. in either direction yeah exactly what you're yep. like if you're eating enough or if you're eating too much and just being really able to to kind of figure that out mm-hmm. um and i know you do have like a protein um deal right you still with this ascent mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. They've, they've kept me on during all of COVID and I love them. They're so awesome. And they got a lot of, um, they got some new products out now, their recovery water, which I'm like obsessed with. But, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm eating protein like all day (laughs) and like, I mean like, yeah, like I would say like, yeah, I get most of your protein from your food, but like, I mean, it's, it's convenient. It's really good stuff. And I have no problem having it, you know, a couple times a day. So yeah, a sense that that's a, a good hookup you got there. Cause that's that product. Oh my gosh. 
Yeah, they they've been really awesome, and I, I use their pre workout too, and I, I like that because it's not like it's not like one of those ones where it makes you all tingly. Like I'm freaking, I hate those. I hate that feeling. <laughs> crazy. Oh, okay, so it gives me my like caffeine. It gives me like an energy boost. So that's that's nice too, and it has a little bit of protein in there. So um, so yeah, their their stuff's been great. I have it after every single workout, um, and then sometimes throughout the day. Is that your primary source of like things you're supplementing with, just kind of protein, or is there anything else that you found that's helped in this in that um, particular? Um, I would say mostly that I've you know taken some like vitamins and things. Like I'll take like magnesium and turmeric and stuff i don't it's hard for me to like actually tell a difference and stuff because i mean i don't know it's just hard for me to like know what's working for some reason sometimes like i'm like oh i took a magnesium last night did i sleep better like i don't know so um but i but i know like it's good for that kind of stuff um i'm trying to think what i've taken recently like uh i took some glutamine i've taken taurine um creatine and then what's the other one? Oh, like bcaa's too yeah so like I'm not like, I mean, I'll be consistent for a while with some things like taurine. I was taking it for a while and I'm like, I don't really know what this is doing for me kind of thing. So I don't know, like BCAs, I think are a good one to keep in, um, and like aminos and things. Um, and then I was taking creatine cause I just want to get big and strong. So creatine works. That shit just works. Yeah, I know. And that's like one of the most researched it's cheap and it's proven to work, you know? So and, yeah. And you can like actually get some yeah. feedback from that. I actually like taking creatine. Yes. It makes me feel sharper. Like I, my brain yeah. feels better. Um, yeah, that's definitely been a staple for because just trying to get jacked over COVID. <laughs> right. What else? You, what else can you do? Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when it comes to like the all the studies and like things that are like reduce inflammation, it's like, oh, should I drink tart cherry juice? It's like, yeah, maybe. I don't. I don't know if you're. Yeah. Anything, but it, like you, you could if you want. Yeah. <laughs> um. Cool. So, kind of, I want to talk a little bit about some of the mindset of, of like the the competitor in, in which you are, because you talked about, you played um, softball at the highest collegiate level and you actually traveled across the country, right? You went to a school on the East coast. Yeah. Yeah. I went to a school. It's called Stony Brook university. It was on Long Island. Yeah. I knew it was in New York someplace. And I looked up today and I was like, Oh yeah. God, this is Long Island. It's like yeah. a different <laughs> world. I'm sure. Um, yep. Yep. So how did that, like, do, do you feel like that you had any advantage in terms of your competitive nature when it came to like going from like a very high skill sport as softball is into like an endurance effort, which is, or even just like functional fitness, which is largely effort-based and not as much like Mm -hmm. skill oriented and focus oriented. Um, how did that, like, how was your mindset when transitioning into an endurance sport from something that is just like so skill-based? I would say that, and maybe it was just well, I, w- I was going to say maybe it's just the school I went to, but um, like the mindset and the mental toughness that I learned from softball 100% prepared me for, you know, transitioning into OCR. Mm. Um, and a lot like, so I actually went to a junior college before I went over to New York. I went, um, played over in North Idaho, kind of right by me here. And uh, our coach there would have uh, every week we'd have like a, like a sports psychology kind of session. So we'd go through like, personality stuff we'd go through like techniques to use on the field how to react to things all this kind of stuff and so I and I I was a psychology major so like that kind of is always piqued my interest anyways um I really thought about getting into sports psychology for a while but anyways so um 
So I took a ton of that stuff, um, of course, like to New York with me and we didn't do as much of that stuff there, but, um, you know, the game in general, like it's a game of failure. Like if you're hitting 300, you are literally failing seven out of 10 times, but like you're, you're doing awesome. a lot. <laughs> yeah. You're like the best yeah, player. You know what I mean? And like, so, and, and with that, with the game too, it's like having to, um, having to just kind of deal with that failure and just go on to the next play. Like if you get a strikeout, you got to go out and you got to play. Like you can't let that affect you. Like if in, like in OCR, like if you fail the monkey bars, like if you're thinking about the monkey bars, the rest of the race, like you're probably going to fail something else. You know what I mean? So like, it's just a lot of those little um, lessons that I learned and I took from there were able to, to prepare me not only for training, but like I said, for racing too, like in, in training and stuff. I mean, yeah, like we did a lot of strength stuff. So I got to like learn a lot of, um, you know, ways to lift and proper technique and things like that through there. But, uh, but as far as like working out on my own, you know, it was like, it was, it was a lot different because like, that's a team setting, like everything you do, you know, is, is for the team. Like, you know, like whether you're on the field or you're in practice or you're even just like walking around campus, like you're representing your team. So, um, having to go to that, uh, like individual stage, I guess, um, was kind of the biggest transition against like kind of competing against yourself. Um, but, but yeah, it was a lot of those little, like, like I said, like mental techniques that just kind of, um, uh, yeah, just like, I guess help prepare me in training and like learning to, you know, react to my own situations or like how I was reacting when I was doing something in training or paying attention to the little things. Cause in softball, like it's all about the little things that you do, um, that end up to the big thing. So a lot of that kind of transition to training as well. So yeah. And I've, I've found that with, you know, I played, I played baseball until like eighth grade and then I just like mentally couldn't handle it. It was just, I yeah. was just so down on myself and just like so yeah. bummed out about yeah. failing all the time that I just like couldn't take it. I was like, I just need to yeah. switch over to, into, to endurance sports here. And then, mm-hmm. um, so w- what was that transition? Like when you came into, an individual sport like and and like how was that hard for you then because you know like a softball is like so much camaraderie that's like the best part about those sports is like yeah you're just like hanging out yeah i could not agree more like i would not have any friends in college i was not on a team um and just yeah just so just yeah that's definitely the best part but um i mean i've always kind of been one who's like to i don't know like i've been pretty like um independent i guess so when I, when I quit or not quit softball, when softball was over and I was, I was living, I lived in New York for a couple of years, um, after I graduated and I started kind of working out on my own again. I mean, I, I never had an issue with that, I guess. Like the team component was more like when you're competing, I guess, um, like out on the course. So that was the biggest difference for me is like being in a race where it's just on you, you know, um, like training and stuff was fine. Like I, I like working out on my own and doing that kind of stuff. But yeah, when like, it just like. Yeah, like you just gotta. I don't know. I guess on like during softball, I guess the best example I can give is kind of just like just owning up to things um, and just making sure you're doing your best for them. But now I'm just kind of like I was just like doing my best so I could do my best. Mm-hmm. Or and then in, in the case later, it was like doing my best so I could like help other people become their best too. You know, and so um, so yeah. I mean, it wasn't like I wouldn't say it was a huge transition, especially because I had quite a few years after I'd stopped playing softball. Um, it was just different. It was just different. Would you, would you, do you wish there was like a team component in OCR somehow? Like, do you think that that would be like valuable for, well, 
yeah, what's crazy is like when I went down and I did um, what I did, uh, how long was it? Uh, Dallas. Dallas, they used to have a team race. So really? it was, yeah, it was, um, when did I do it? In 2016, I think I did it. I did it with uh, Kristen Saad, Faye Stenning, and Nicole Miracle. And um, it was so much fun because all of the obstacles that you had to do, you all had to do them together. So like there was even one where there was like a huge, like, I don't know, 10 foot wall. And we had to like hoist each other over it. There was like this massive hay bale that all four of us had to push together. Like you couldn't push it on your Mm -hmm. own, you know? And then as far as running goes, you know, you just kind of all ran together. So like I had to keep up with them because they're all faster than me. So like, you know, I had to do my part to keep up with them and then, you know, do obstacles together and things. So it was super cool. Like I loved, loved that aspect. I don't think, I think the the world championships teams one was pretty lame. I'll be honest. Like the the one I did with the guys was cool, um, with uh, Robert Woods and and uh, Robert Killian because like it just it evened it out having a girl. And we had to do like men's weights, I guess. But like when you don't have obstacles that are team based, it's kind of it's almost pointless because like then you're just running it with other people and it's like I don't know. Like then it should be cross country. Yeah. Then it should just be like yeah. you run your own race and however you finish. Exactly. But yeah, like if you're going to yeah. be a team race or like how um, OCR Worlds or Noram does it where it's like a relay. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Like that. So I would totally be down to some of that because like, you know, that's like my background. And I like when Dallas, like that was one of the funnest races I've ever done because then you like you get together in the finish line and you like, I don't know, like it's just it's way, way cool to like share, share that victory with other people. And that's kind of the thing with OCR. It's like you go to a race, you show up, you're by yourself and then you have your OCR friends and then the race ends. Yeah home and then you're not with your ocr friends anymore and you're all by yourself yeah, you know, yeah. Like, <laughs> as much as you know like there's there is a community involved and like you know it's still but it's still small you know so it's like yeah, hard to yeah have that, that, that that team orient that um that is really fun yeah um, cool so what are some of the things you got going on with um so you're working with with dennis walsh right are you part of that um, project as now or or how's your online coaching working well, yeah, so I've been working with Dennis, well, I started with him, like, I don't know, last spring, um, but uh, when COVID hit, I was like, I don't need to be getting ready for anything, like, I just kind of wanted to do some stuff that I wanted to do, like, and, and because I, like, had gotten injured, I was like, I don't want to give you the hassle of trying to work around my own injury that I need to figure out, kind of thing, you know, so, um, so yeah, I just kind of started doing, like, I don't know, just, I, I, I basically just took myself through like NASM, like personal training. Right. So like I took myself from the very bottom and like worked myself up through like all those phases. Oh, nice. Cause I'm like, what it's like to like go through all of that. Like I would for my clients, you know? So that was kind of cool to experiment on. Um, and then all what, like once races start back up again. Yeah. I, I, I definitely want to start working with him again. Um, because you know, his programming has been awesome and really effective for me. Um, but yeah, right now it's just kind of doing my own strength stuff and, um, and then, yeah, like online coaching, like I don't post about it a whole lot. I probably should more, but like, I don't know my days right now and just figuring out that kind of stuff has been, has been hard to, um, promote, I guess. And I just don't want to, I don't know, like I was in a, I should, like, I was in a better space during COVID, but now it's like, it's hard to find time to kind of do that stuff. So, um, so yeah, so I don't post about it a whole lot, but it's definitely like an option, something I, I love to do. And I have um, a few clients that I work with and they're awesome, but yeah. It's just hard. I found it hard to be like, because for a while I was working in, for when I first started personal training, I was like paying rent in a place and like they didn't provide anything. I was just kind of like, uh, uh, yeah, just like a, a, a 
independent contractor who would work, who could use like the gym space. And I would just pay gotcha. like X amount of dollars and like, that would be their cut. Um, and then I could just like train train there as much as I, as I could, but you know, you'd have to market your own services and like do outreach and make sure and you're getting all your own clients. Right. And yeah. then I was trying to do that on top of, of trying to market my like endurance coaching services. Yeah. It's hard to do marketing for two different things. Like, it is. Yeah. One blanket marketing and just like send it out. And cause it's confusing. Cause you're like, Oh, here's yeah. it's my, if like for you, it's like come to anytime fitness and also online endurance coaching. It's like, well, yeah. what, what are you doing? Um, I know. Yeah. Um, it's, it's definitely been, yeah. Hard to just kind of balance all that. I realized like that's, I, I think I've realized too, like that's not my strong suit. Like I would love to just pay somebody to do that for me. Like I could do it, but like, it's like finding the time to like figure it out and make it all perfect and then market it, you know, and stuff like that. So that's, I mean, in terms of like do it, I mean like put up a website and things like that. Um, so that's, that's just been a challenge to just get into. So yeah, it's available, but I'm not posting that much. Right. Like it has to be like the a, a right sort of circumstance. We have a lot going on and yeah, like that's a thing What I found with marketing is like, it's not just like, like putting it out there. It's like putting it out there, having it suck and then having to fix it. <laughs> and like, it's, that's yeah. what it takes so much time. So yeah, yeah, yeah. to do it and like set up that whole thing and pay it, like just pay somebody to do it. It's so much better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what do you, what do you got going on this year then? What, what are some of the goals then? Are you thinking um, now, like, I don't know, now the season's a wash, like what kind of things are you working on? What are you, <laughs> what are you thinking for next year? Um, Next year, I definitely want to hopefully, you know, try to do the stadiums and the high rocks. Um, that's kind of my big goal. I do. I mean, I would love to maybe jump into a national series or two, but it's just, I don't know. We'll see. But, um, and then, yeah, like coming up, I guess the only thing would be like Hunter's OCR stars thing. Um, I haven't really jumped into any virtual things. Just, I don't know. It hasn't really excited me. And I've just, I've kind of just been on my own plan and things that I've been doing and just kind of like, I don't know. I just love working out right now. I just love working out. Like I love to compete when it's back and I'm excited to do that. But right now I'm just kind of like trying to stay in the moment and not plan too far ahead. Like I've just been burned too many times this spring that I was just like, screw it. I'm not doing anything else for the rest of the year. Like even before Spartan announced that they weren't going to have the, any more races, I was just like, I'm just not even going to do any of them. Like, it's just, I would rather just have this year to just build for next year and go out and crush it and just be at my best because I haven't been there for a long time. So I'm really itching to just, like I said, keep building and, and go out there and um, be Alyssa Holly again. Nice. I love that. Yeah. Cause I mean, you could still, that's still in your control is like how much you can work. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's way better to be fit than not. So it's yeah, <laughs> keep it going. Yeah, I felt that same yeah. way when we canceled the season. I was like, good. And then freaking yeah. when uh, Desena went on ORMs, like, oh, we'll bring this pro team out to the to the farm or whatever. And did you you heard about that? He was like, gonna no. He was like, he said it like right away. He's like, we'll bring the pro team members out here. I'll put he put he's like I'll put a hundred grand on the line and we'll bring them up to Vermont and then we'll just put them a bunch, through a bunch of challenges. So these pro team could pro pro members could win some money. And it was just like, dude, just let it go. Just, yeah. Just just let it go. Go. It's not going to happen. <laughs> let us, yeah. And everything. Um, oh my gosh. That's funny. I didn't hear about that. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah I, I haven't heard, I haven't heard anything about it since. So I don't know. If yeah. I, yeah. I'm sure it's like the marketing team who like actually has to handle the logistics or probably yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. They're like, no, Why did you say that? <laughs> I would say those things. Yeah. Uh, 
Well, really cool. Awesome. So yeah, I don't want to take up the rest of your day. And by the way, this is one of those athletic brews. I'm not just like drinking a beer during the day. I realized I, was I knew it. Good. And I was like, no, I totally knew it. <laughs> have you tried them? Yes. I have um, actually two six packs in my fridge. Um, I do the IPAs. I like, I love beer, like normal beer, not like non-alcoholic beer. I love IPAs. That's pretty much the only thing I drink. But um, like when I'm training and stuff too, especially like me, like after, I think Ryan Kent said it on the podcast and it really resonated with me. Like I get at home after work some days and I'm just like, I just want a beer so bad. But if I have like a really hard morning the next day or something, you know, I'm just having those is have been awesome and they taste incredible. I was, I had, um, I, I was really kind of like, not making fun of them, but like, I was just like, why would you ever want to drink non-alcoholic beer? Like, that's so dumb. And then I tried one at Worlds and I was like, oh my gosh, this tastes like exactly like the real thing. <laughs> so I was the, the exact same way. I was like, that's stupid. Like in, in like without yeah. the, the feel goods that bring along with beer, it's like, well, like I feel yeah. like soda or juice tastes better objectively. Yeah. But when you do yeah. taste it, and I'm actually reading this book right now. It's like, it's called why we eat what we eat. And it's, it talks a lot about like your senses and how you associate the the taste or smells with a certain feeling. So like yeah. you get some of the feel goods that you like, you actually release the chemicals that without having the alcohol. So you kind of do get a little yeah. bit of like uh, some like pickup with when you get, when you drink. Yeah. Um, Could not agree more. Yeah. That's cool. So I really like, I just got the, uh, they had that fruit series. I just had like a Berliner Weiss or something and I got that and it's been been fine. I'll, I'll try the different nice. ones. What's your favorite IPA? Nice. Oh, like of all time. Um, yeah, yeah, there's there actually, um, so I, there's actually a brewery right by my house and they just opened up a couple months ago and every single one of theirs is my favorite. Of all time. <laughs> like it's seriously insane. I'm like, how can you guys pump out so many good beers? Like we would go to trivia there like every Tuesday. And so I was always trying a different one. And, uh, so yeah, I would say it's called Lumberbeard in Spokane. So if you're ever in Spokane, seriously hit them up. They're awesome. Um, do you like those New England style ones, like the hazy IPAs? Hazies, yes. Hazies are the go-to for sure. Yeah, they're really good. I mean, I was IPAs I was like okay with, but after a while I, I get the bitterness. It's like, all right, fine. Mm-hmm. But now those the hazy ones are legit. So good. Yes, hands down. Um, well, cool. So yeah, like I said, I'll let you go. Um, so where can people find you on social media or, or – on um for the gym or anything yeah probably mostly just my instagram that's where i'm mostly on uh Alyssa holly 14 and yeah go hit me up on there if you have any more questions was that your number it was yeah it was actually 14 when i was in my junior college uh and then five when i went to sony Brown. Oh, nice. so yeah four, i settled with 14 was my number playing basketball so i was like oh cool um cool awesome so i'm gonna uh, hit stop we'll go back to that same green room that we were in before so uh i do appreciate the time love the conversation think it'll be a lot of good value for the people listening so this is just a signing off all right see ya see ya